Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Darshawn McAway. You're tuned in to Wild Podcast. By all means, go to wildpodcast.me. That's W-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot M-E. Now, today we have a very special guest. We have E.W. Brooks. She's here to talk to us about her book, Brooks vs. Damon Dash. E.W., how are you doing? All is well in Korea. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, now, the first thing I'm going to ask you is, what are you doing in Korea? <laughs> We're a military family, so I'm here with my husband. Got you, got you. So I am extremely excited to talk to you about this book, uh, Brooks vs. Damon Dash. Can you please tell me, how did you end up dealing with Damon Dash before we get into the book? Okay, so um, I'm a country girl from North Carolina. So I happened to be um, at home visiting my mom, and I heard he was having a seminar in a small town, population 16,000 people, and it happened to be, like I said, at the time that I'm visiting my mom. So I'm like, hey, he he was just on The Breakfast Club talking about doing a new movie. So if he's into movies now, knowing that it had always been my goal to um, adapt my book, you know, my book to film, I'm like, I have to see him because I know that if he takes interest in producing this film, or at the time what I thought would be producing this film, I've got something. So I had to go. It was 50 bucks, you know, little investment. I had to see what was going to happen. Right. Now, I kind of figured something like that happened. I figured that you probably ran into him off the streets or off the cuff of doing some type of seminar. Um, It seems like most people kind of get pulled in by certain celebrities not thinking that they can change their lives, but maybe just the opportunity to rub elbows with them. Was that something you were really thinking of as a whole? Um, I didn't necessarily care too much about the rubbing elbows aspect. It was more of, okay, um, I was thinking that, you know, despite, you know, the, the whispers and the rumblings and the articles, that he would still have some access to television networks or to people within those television networks that could get something on the air. You know, a contract says what a contract says. So I thought that, you know, within those dealings, he would be able to walk into rooms that I could not as E.W. Brooks and get my baby a home. Understood. Now, this, this particular situation is very interesting. So tell me, what is this book about? Um, Mafietta is a book about... Um, just a very professional woman, you know, uh, works in a law firm, and how she just falls for somebody, you know, perfect gentleman, checks all the boxes. She just doesn't realize that he operates very heavily in the underworld. And then when she finds out, she has some life choices to make. Um, and that's Mafietta. So what is Brooks versus Damon Dash about? Okay. Brooks versus Damon Dash is just about my story. Like, after the trial and, you know, the the news articles that I read, even though most of them were were true, it was just there were always a couple of facts that were a little bit off. There was always some kind of jab at my lawyer or always something that took something that could have been factual and made it salacious or marginalized what I'd been through, and I didn't like that. I didn't want to be seen as an angry black woman. I wanted to be seen as someone who was wronged. And I realized the only way to make my voice heard was to tell my story myself. That's how um, Brooks versus Damon Dash was birthed. Gotcha. So 
I, I want to go back just a little bit um, before the Brooks first Damon Dash. Like, how how did you find out that your material was being taken from you? There is a young lady that was in the film um, who lives in Philadelphia, and I think I was in Tennessee at the time. And she called, and she was like, hey, D, do you know that your movie is on – do you know that Mafietta is on Dame Dash Studios? And I was like, what? <laughs> because I didn't know. He didn't ask. And at the time, I didn't even know he had a copy of the completed footage. So I'm totally shocked. I had no idea. And uh, so I go on Instagram, and I see that he's promoting it. So I like it, not because I like it, but because I want him to know that I see what he's doing. Um, and I thought that because he knew that I knew, that would be enough to take it down. That would be enough for him to take it down. But it wasn't. That was enough for him to make him put it on iTunes, too. So um, that's how I found out. Somebody told me. So then I logged into I paid for a subscription to Dame Bash Studios because, again, I had to see it for myself. Um, and I watched, you know, a production that I paid for entirely. He didn't provide any funding. Um on his network without my permission. Just walk me down this emotion. When you hear that, tell me what, what did you did you get nervous? Were your palms sweating? Like, just walk me through that day when you found out. At first, I was mad. You know, like just like bulldog angry, mad. Like, what in the world would make him think this is okay? And then I went from being angry to being hurt. You know, like. I, I think I cried after that. Like, this man held my son. This man had dinner with my family. And, you know, despite our difference of opinion, I never thought he would do that to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that at the end of the day, he would at least speak to me about it or ask me about it. Like, I never thought he would just take something that he didn't own and do something like that. Like, I never expected it. And then when I found out it was on iTunes, like, I was just, that was like the last straw. I knew that there was no, nothing I could do to make him take it off Dame Dash Studios. But I knew that by putting it on iTunes, that they had a legal or a compliance office. So that's when I knew, okay, I can reach out to this office and say, this is not his material. He doesn't have a copyright to it. He doesn't own the script. He didn't register the script. And I'm, I'm going to shoot my shot and tell him what's going on and see what happens. And they took it down. They made him take it down. So I didn't get a chance to read through the litigation. Uh, did he Did he ever get a chance to explain to you uh, why he did it, or was it just you interacting with his lawyers and going back and forth? Okay. Uh, well, during the litigation process, what, that that's like a two-part answer. So after the film, before, before the filming of Mafia to begin, I presented Damon with the contract. He said it was fine. He would sign it, but he didn't. Because at the time, I was a more trusting person than I am now because of all of this, right? Because he right. said he would sign it, I believed he would. But production commences. We give him the contract. Well, you know, the day that we start shooting, he fusses out the person that brings in the contract. So I have no signed contract. We finish shooting. Can you sign the contract? He won't sign the contract. Then suddenly he has all these issues with the contract. So we have two attorneys that negotiate this contract for over a year or for almost a year. Um, There were certain clauses in the contract that despite the negotiation, his his lawyers never spoke to 
which was the work for hire provision that said Damon was the work for hire. Um, he would be allowed a royalty for his work um, on the project, but he didn't own anything, and any contributions he made to the project would be, um, you know, said to be mine because he was a work for hire. So he never spoke to those causes. So we let's fast forward, and we go to court, and now he owns everything. He says, I didn't have a script, which was not true at all, because one of the reasons he said he was working with me was because I had a script. Right. So, um, you know, litigation was horrible because it's it's hard to to sit in a courtroom and hear somebody just lie. Like, I just wasn't prepared to have somebody just not care what came out of their mouth. Like, I, I was in no way prepared for that. Like, you, there's – I was just in no way prepared. Right. Um, I think this is – it blows my mind to know that I get a chance to speak to someone who goes through this because most of the time you, you see this stuff on TV, you, you see the interviews, and you you hear about people being misled or something being taken away from them. But me finally get a chance to speak to, to you about it and to see that you're coming out with a book, Brooks versus Damon Dash, it, it it puts a negative light on me wanting to do business with somebody that's of a higher stature. So what do you say to somebody who's thinking about approaching some type of a person that has some type of prestige or celebrity? I don't think it's a bad idea at all. But I think there are places where, you know, I was naive. I was too trusting. And I think it's about, you know, when he started doing business with me, he was like, okay, I can do business with her because she's bringing something to the table. She has something tangible. So at that moment, that's when I should have been writing down what I'm bringing to the table, writing down what he's bringing to the table. And then once we agreed on that set of, uh, you know, facts and stipulations, then we should have signed the contract right right away. Before I spent a dime, I should have made sure he signed my contract. And I think if you do business that way, you can set the expectation, you know, and then there's nothing to to deal with on the back end because everybody is clear about what's to be done, how it's to be done, and how everybody is the profit. So what's next for E.W. Brooks? Well, um, next is making Mafietta. Mafietta is going to be a film. E.W. Brooks did not come this far to only come this far. So I'll say this is not the last you've heard of Mafietta. Um, you know, I'm still dealing with some issues with Damon Dash. He does not take loss well. So um, I, I do plan on writing a sequel to the book because he's um, he's putting up quite a, quite a fight. I don't believe, nor does my lawyer believe, he's going to be victorious in these efforts because, you know, in, in our court, in our court case, it's like the judge says, you have no evidence. Like, he presented not one piece of evidence for anything he said, wherein I had evidence for everything I was saying. So, um, you know, again, I think he's putting up a very futile effort. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, there'll be a, probably another book coming out just because, you know, once things hit the paper, I I will want to tell my story because I know, you know, how the press can lean from time to time. And then, again, just be on the lookout for Mafietta because I didn't come this far to only come this far. Interesting. Uh, E.W. Brooks, is there anything you want everybody else to know or where they can find you on social media? Um, 
I would just want to say, you know, to all the creatives out there like yourself, you know, that want to work with somebody in the industry, I say go for it because it takes somebody to open the door sometimes. But I would say, you know, you can't always do business on a head, not in a handshake. Make sure your paperwork is straight. And you can find me on Instagram at EW Brooks, my name, books, like the kind you read. So EW Brooks Books on Instagram. And thank you so much. EW, it was a pleasure speaking with you. I I am totally excited. The future is all yours. Thank you for coming by Wild Podcast, and please don't be a stranger. No, I, I won't. Thank you.